This is the Powerful Practitioner Podcast, and I am your host, Paige Kane. Whether you're an intuitive coach, an energy healer, a psychic reader, or simply an at-home alchemist, you are welcome here. Inside of this podcast, you'll attune to the spiritual practices, principles, and insights that will bring you instantaneous magnetism, life-changing internal shifts, and massive soul growth. Yes, your intuition led you here. Now let's get started. So I am super excited for today's episode. Today on the podcast, we are doing an Ask Me Anything and ask me anything podcast, which I'm so excited about, which means these questions come from all of you. And let me tell you, the questions that are inside of this episode are so, so good. Like I am seriously so excited to talk about all the things that we are about to talk about. So as a psychic, as an intuitive, as a shaman with about six years of experience in the unseen realms, doing readings, doing energy healing sessions, speaking light language, channeling, doing mediumship, all of the things, all of the things, I wanted to answer your burning questions and I suggested a few topics. I said you could ask about intuition, about spirit guides, about shamanism, about energy healing sessions, readings, whatever you wanted to ask. And there's some, again, there's just some really, really good questions in here. So if you want to participate in the next round of the, or I guess another episode, a next round, I don't know what I'm talking about. (laughs) If you want to participate in another one of these episodes, which I'm pretty sure I'm going to do again, because I just even taking the notes and like pulling the questions on things I wanted to say and how I wanted to answer things was so much fun. We're definitely doing one of these again. That's what I want to say. We'll, we'll definitely do another Ask Me Anything episode. So I want you to make sure that you're following me on Instagram at It's Page Kane. It'll be linked in the show notes, I-T-S-P-A-I-G-E-K-A-N-E. And on my stories, I drop those cute little question boxes where you can ask your questions to have featured on these episodes. Or I also post inside of the Feed Your Intuition Facebook community. If you just search Feed Your Intuition on Facebook, our private community comes up and you can definitely post your questions there as well. I make sure to post in there to tell you when I'm about to do one of these episodes. And it's just a great place to hang out in and keep up on all things Feed Your Intuition. It's so funny because if I think back to my journey, my and I do talk about, I'm, or I'm going to talk about my, my personal spiritual journey, my healing journey, whatever you want to call it, my awakening, I will talk about this more inside of one of the questions. But when I think about my journey and where I am now doing an an Ask Me Anything episode, I think this previously would have made me so nervous, like excited, but nervous at the same time. 
and really worried about the answers that I am giving to you. So something that has come up for me on my journey is perfectionism, is people-pleasing. And what I've really learned is, hey, it's okay for me to express myself, to give you my answer. And of course, again, this these answers are really rooted in so many years of study, so many years of practical experience. But as we move through these things, I'm also going to provide you with some suggestions and tips that were sort of sparked in my mind out of the questions that were sent to me. So with that being said, if a definition, if an answer isn't resonating with you, remember always to take what what is nourishing and supportive for you and leave the rest, right? You have your discernment, you have your sovereignty inside of this community. And when we're talking about this stuff always, um, so take, again, take what's nourishing, take what's supportive and leave the rest. But I feel like, and I know deep down in my heart, you're going to love just the conversations that spark from these questions and conversations with myself, um, <laughs> my higher self, my true self, talking to my spirit guides about these questions, all of the things. So I know you're going to absolutely love this episode. And again, reminder, I will definitely do more of these. I'm already having fun. Um, so make sure to follow me on Instagram, watch my Instagram stories, or join the Feed Your Intuition Facebook group so you can see the posts. I tag everyone in the group and I let you know, hey, you can ask me questions. I'm recording soon. All of that juicy stuff. So let's get into it. Let's ask, I'm going to see how many questions do I have here? One, two, three, four. Yeah, I'm doing this live. Five. Oh, five really big questions. And I had to like edit myself to make sure that I don't um, make this podcast into, I don't know, a three hour long personal workshop TED Talk. So these are the questions. And okay, we're just going to dive. We're just going to dive right in. All right, so I am briefly, really quickly interrupting the episode to tell you that intuitive readings, yes, you, me, one-on-one, sitting down, talking to your spirit guides, tapping into intuitive guidance, yes, intuitive readings are back. And I have three different types of intuitive reading offerings. So if you have been craving clarity, direction, guidance, really on anything and everything. Yes, inside of these readings, we've talked about anything from business to entrepreneurship, babies, books, moves, home renovations, love, relationships. Yes, we talk about it all. I am constantly receiving DMs from clients with like, pictures of the cards from their readings, and then a story of what has happened. Not joking. This happens all of the time. So if you want some intuitive insight, I have a few spaces left for readings this year. So to grab one of the remaining one-on-one reading spots with me before the clock strikes 2023, yeah, it's coming up soon. You can go to feedyourintuition.com slash intuitive dash readings, or as always, there will be a link in the show notes for you to book. 
All right, let's get back to the episode. Question number one submitted from all of you was, Paige, what drew you onto your shamanic path? What has your spiritual journey been like? So this is, dang, this is really like a two-part question right off the bat. So I wanted to break this down into separate answers. So the first question in here, which was, Paige, what drew you to being a shaman? So if you haven't listened to my episode on how to know if you're psychic, and I share, it's one of the first five first five episodes, and I share my story on how I came into this style of work, the full, the full, like really long version of the story is there. I'm going to give a quick condensed version of what drew me to being a shaman. Well, I really hit my Saturn return. My spiritual journey, my spiritual awakening began around my Saturn return. And during this time of my life where I had sort of removed expectations of what my future was going to be like, I was doing a lot of personal development and ended up being really drawn to this psychic who I heard on about three different podcasts. This psychic, this intuitive, she would end up becoming one of our one of my mentors. And during our first reading together, she actually pulled a crystal in our session that represented shamanism. I can't even remember what crystal it is, but I do very distinctly remember the moment when she chose this crystal, looked at it, looked straight at me. We were on we weren't even on Zoom. We were on, gosh, what's it called? Um, it was like pre-Zoom days. Skype. We were on Skype. Yeah. Before there was Zoom, there was Skype. And that's how shamans and psychics did their distance sessions. Or I've done so many phone calls, lots of phone calls. So she pulled this crystal, looked at me and said, have you been thinking about shamanism? And I told her, yes. I had actually been on her website where she talks about her shamanic practices, her shamanic energy healing, her journey, her exploration. And I was like, hmm, this sounds like something, this sounds familiar. This sounds like something I may want to do. This sounds like me. Something just really, really struck a chord. And she gave me, uh, during our reading, during our session, she gave me a bunch of options of places I could go to receive further mentorship, further guidance on becoming a shaman. And I obviously decided to sign up for the shaman school in which she was teaching at. So I I signed up for shaman school. There's a, a longer, a really long story around the signing up for shaman school process and not thinking I was going to go, spending the money on Christmas presents, and then ending up going anyways but I ended up at shaman school. And I feel like what I wrote when I was answering this question is I honestly didn't know until I finished shaman school why I was there. On on the last day of shaman school, we sat in circle and really shared about our experience. And in my sharing, everything really clicked for me. But what I want to say is this path has really felt like a remembering. So being a shaman, 
feels like a, a really big remembering for me. And I think that internal remembering, that internal knowing, that listening to my intuition before I even had the words for what my intuition was, was what led me there to shaman school. Going to shaman school was one of my second or third biggest experiences of surrender that I've had in my life. I signed up for this thing without knowing the small, minute details. I signed up for shaman school and decided to go without knowing like, okay, who's going to be there? What are we going to learn? Can you give me the syllabus? It wasn't about that. It really felt right. It really felt right. And my first weekend in shaman school, so many magical things just fell into place. They were so easy. And I just thought, wow, I'm really, really meant to be here. So what drew me to shamanism? I don't know if it was something that drew me in. It wasn't something I was thinking about. It, it was more so a development of a remembering without any explanation besides it felt right. It felt right for me to go. I could surrender in the process. It felt right for me to be there. So that was how I ended up um, several years ago at Shaman School in Nashville. Some of my clients are actually at the Shaman School I attended right now, which is so exciting. But I want to answer part two of this question, which is, oh, I think on spiritual journey, right? Yes. What's your spiritual journey been like? Um, <laughs> wild, um, beyond my wildest dreams. It's been tumultuous. It's been hot and heavy. <laughs> it's been a lot challenging. Um, I've had moments where, yeah, it feels like everything is breaking down to really break through so you can see something brand new on the other side. Like I was saying earlier, my spiritual journey, my spiritual awakening, whatever you would like to call it, really coincided. The start of it coincided with my Saturn return. So it's actually felt really big and continues, continues to this day to feel really big, to feel emotional, to feel like a roller coaster from time to time. And what I like to invite all of you into is challenging your perception of, of what you may think a spiritual journey is like. I think our spiritual journeys are simultaneously challenging and beautiful. Healing is so non-linear. Healing is not linear. It's so circular. Sometimes it just feels like you're continuously pulling back the same layers, but on a deeper level. And honestly, being in this, being in this work, being in my personal spiritual journey, which will continue for the rest of my life, being in these experiences, I wouldn't trade it for anything else. It hasn't been a walk in the park, but it's been beautiful nonetheless. I've had some of the most magical eye-opening experiences, instantaneous like friendships built. Gosh, so many things, so many synchronistic things have happened. So what has my spiritual journey been like? It's been all over the place. It's definitely been hard, but it's been equally 
beautiful, equally informative, equally eye-opening. I wish I could give a more definitive answer, but really it's been so much. It's been it's been a lot. It's been a journey, right? And it will only continue to be. So if you're someone who is in the middle, in the like heat intensity of your spiritual journey right now, and you feel like things are moving really fast, if you feel like you're hitting ego death after ego death after ego death or challenge after challenge after challenge, you can actually ask for spirit, for God, for the universe, for your guides, for your higher self to help with things, um, to help slow things down is what I want to say. So if you feel like it's a lot, it's a lot of intensity, you're having a million shamanic or ego deaths, it feels challenging, it feels hard, and it feels like you kind of keep getting hit with these big waves and you almost can barely get your footing and then you're hit with a big wave again, please, please ask and request for things to slow down. You can do that. I've done that. I've told spirit, universe, my guides, my higher self, hey, I need a second to be in this. I need a second to process. I need a second to integrate what I've learned into the more human experience before I can move on to the next thing. And that's an okay thing to command to ask because we're co-creating after all, right? Okay, I knew this was going to be a long episode. I, all my answers are getting so long. All right, our next beautiful, fabulous, amazing question. It reads, Paige Kane, I have one, meaning they have a question for me. How do you navigate the different worlds you walk through? And by this, I mean the world of intuition, the world of shamanism, tapping into energy, and then having to say, go grocery shopping. So how do I navigate or how I'm interpreting this question is, how do I navigate being in the realm in the world of intuition, being in the realm of shamanism, tapping into so much energy? And then how do I do things like go to the grocery store? This is such a big, powerful question. I really, really love this. And I'm actually really excited to share because there's a couple of different things I wanted to talk about that my intuition was going, ding, 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 talk about these things as I read this question. The first thing is have rituals for turning it all off. Have rituals for turning it all off, for turning your intuition, for softening it. And I'm talking about the kind of intuition that's like, Pers- that that person over there in the corner, you need to go tell them that X, Y, and Z is happening. Like that, that used to happen to me quite often. <laughs> um, that, that style of intuition and energy reading and tapping into that is more so about the external world than your personal internal world have rituals for turning it off. And you'll hear me inside of my healing sessions talk about dials So turning the dials up and down on your human senses and turning the dials up and down on your psychic senses. I imagine that a lot. I also have a lot of personal rituals in which I created that make sense for me for stepping out of the psychic, the intuitive, the shaman role and just more into, I need to go grocery shopping. I got to buy dog food. There's shit I need to get done. I definitely have rituals for that. 
one beautiful way to kind of scrub off energy and to cleanse, I really think is any body of water, a shower, a bath, what have you, jumping into a river. For me, that's a huge signal like, okay, we're, we're changing states now. Water can be a medium for other things for me as well. Um, I use it for channeling and meditation practice. But when I've had a big day of readings, a shower is a, is a ritual that is a total reset. And it's okay to have those things that are going to allow you to get back into your body, get back into yourself, get out of those upper worldly realms. So my invitation for all of you is to think about a ritual you can create to move through these transitions. Also, if you're practicing with clients or even if you're practicing your own divination sessions, I really recommend being super clear about opening and closing your sacred space. And I think this very question is why I'm so clear about the container is now opened, the container is now closed, and why I have personal reset and energetic hygiene practices for after every client is because I want to be able to human in between all of the things. So And I'll be really honest with all of you here. I was super afraid of turning it off. So when I first really learned to tap into my intuition, that I could receive these messages, that I could receive guidance, that I could channel, that I could do mediumship work, that I could play with energy, all those things, I was actually afraid to turn it off because, and this is, I feel like a common fear I was worried I wouldn't be able to turn it back on. It's like I had access to this magical realm and I didn't want to want it to go away. I didn't want it to go away. I didn't want to step out of it and like have the door locked behind me and never be able to step back in. So if that's you, if you are worried like, hey, if I ever shut it down, I won't be able to turn it back on know that you absolutely will, right? This is all about intention. This is all about commanding our energy. This is all about having presence in the work in which we are doing. So if you're someone who, like me, was really, really worried about, if I turn it off, is this all going to go away? Don't be worried. Set up those boundaries for yourself so you're able to flow in between all of the different parts of you. I'm not saying that all this stuff has to be separate, but so you are able to go to the grocery store without receiving messages about every single person who walks by by you. As you create these rituals, as you learn to open and close sacred space, know that it's okay to do so. And your intuition is always going to be there. This magic is always going to be there. You're always going to have access to it. Don't worry about turning it off. It's going to be okay. I also want to add here that I still play with my intuition and in my intuition a ton in my daily life for personal choices. So I'll let my intuition choose the grocery store, the route home, the way in which I want to walk my dog, which direction to go. So I feel like I'm still in the flow in smaller choices which is really, really nice and really, really beautiful. 
So my intuition has more so become my personal intuition around choices for me, around choices I'm making for myself has become really integrated into sort of the my way in which I navigate the world on a daily basis. So my encouragement is you don't have to fully shut it off, right? We don't want to be reading others without permission. And we also don't want to be in a, in a space where we're getting so many intuitive downloads for ourselves that it's hard to navigate which direction to go. It's hard to have discernment. Developing discernment is a huge part of intuition. Maybe we'll need a separate episode on that. I feel like I'm getting rambly. So all of this to say, you will find your happy medium. You will find your sweet spot with your internal compass and a way to tune out all the external unnecessary information until you're stepping into the appropriate container in which to turn the volume back up. I could go on I could go on and on about this question for quite a long time. So I'm going to keep us moving and maybe this is something we'll circle back to and have a bigger conversation around. The next question I got was how do you tell the difference between spirit and ego? That way I can know who's talking so I can know who is talking. And then there's a cute LOL at the end. I feel that. How do I tell the difference between spirit, between ego, between my higher self, my intuition? And I want to just break this down in a few steps here. I often find that ego is loud. Ego is loud. It's loud. It's intrusive. It doesn't always feel good. Sometimes it's overly focused on the past or future. Like it's it's making an assumption based on a lot of past evidence or a projection of what we really, really believe and are protecting ourselves almost from in the future. I call it future tripping. And there's often an emotional charge behind the information. So when you look at it a little more closely, you can go, huh, there seems to be some jealousy there. Or, ooh, there seems to be some resentment there. Or, huh, there seems to be some anger, whatever it is there. Or even there might be a limiting belief behind it. So that's how I've learned to recognize ego. I really want to say keys being it's loud and it really lacks presence. Whereas your intuition is softer. It's more, it feels imaginative. And this is coming from someone who is highly claircognizant, clairvoyant. So please take this with a grain of salt. I'm filtering through really my clair senses. Intuition to me also actually feels really informative. When you boil it down, it's lacking emotion. Like there's a gentleness to it that it feels like a choice based on a piece of information. And there's a lot of presence in it. For me, intuition or the voice of my higher self or my true self, which higher self, true self, intuition, you can kind of bundle, bumble, (laughs) you can kind of bundle them all together. It's, it's softer. It's imaginative. It's, it's in the here and now. It's not overly worried about the past. Well, this has happened in the past before. We need to do this, do this now instead, or we need to do this again, right? There's, it's very in the moment. It's very in the moment. I will also say as someone who has a heavy internal dialogue going on in her head 
all of the time and who was narrating life in her head all of the time. My intuitive higher self channeled thoughts have a different shine to them, have a different feeling to them. Um, They might appear even differently if I can like see the words playing out on a screen before me. So pay attention to those things as well. And then I wanted to add one more layer to this question because I thought, oh, what if this person meant, what if we're trying to discern information from a spirit, a being, another being, or ego? So if you're wanting to know if this intuitive information is coming from an actual spirit, like a spirit guide, ask, just ask. And I love asking out loud. I highly recommend practicing out loud. It's really, really powerful. It's going to help you develop your gifts and help you to teach spirits not to talk to you in your head. So yeah, I just like throw that out there. (laughs) We'll have another episode on spirit guides. I'm sure the veil, the veil is thinning as we go into late October. Love this time of year. Spirit guide communication starts to get easier. But if you feel like a piece of intuitive, intuitive information is coming in, and you feel like it's from a spirit, it could be from a spirit guide, ask the guide if they're really the best guide for you to be communicating with. If it's a no, I say, thanks, thank you, but no thanks. Um, it was nice to meet you, but no thank you, I'm good. If they're saying, yeah, I'm here, I'm benevolent, I'm in your highest good to speak to, ask who they are. And then feel free to learn more and ask more questions around the information that they're giving you. The Spirit Guides episode is going to be really great for this. So if you're wondering how to differentiate between, am I talking to a being? Am I talking, is my ego speaking? Is my intuition guiding? If you want to know more on the Spirit Guides side of things, I do have an episode all about Spirit Guides. And I am absolutely 1000% sure now that I'm saying it, that I'll do another one. And we are getting down to our last two questions. Oh my gosh, I'm excited. All of these have been so amazing. If you submitted your question and I answered it, you know who you are. I want to say thank you again. The next question is, and I like this question. It kind of goes off the tail end of the last question we question I just answered. Have I asked what my spirit guides names are? So have I personally asked what my spirit guides names are? And the answer is yes. Absolutely. I keep their names and who they are pretty personal to myself, but I want you to know that this is absolutely something you can do as well. Ask your guides who they are, what their name is. If they don't have a a name you're used to hearing, I always ask, is there something by which I could call you? If they're like, name, what's a name? I guess I get asked how to do this a lot. And Like I said in the last question, you really just ask them. You trust what comes in. And again, I recommend you do this out loud. So if you're having a conversation with your spirit guides, open up your sacred space, right? We talked about that earlier. Tap into your intuition. Spend a moment to get quiet. Make be take a few deep breaths. Get your recording app of choice out on your phone. Click record and have an out loud conversation with your guides. One of the first questions, again, ask them who they are, why they're here, if they're benevolent, if they're here 
to help you. And yes, it's going to feel like you're doing a live interview with yourself, especially if you're doing this out loud. The information is going to come in pretty quickly, I would imagine. Or there could be pauses, which is totally normal. But that is spirit guide communication. We'll definitely do, I feel like we'll definitely need it an episode on, on this. We're definitely going to need to go more in depth, but that's just a great way to communicate or automatic writing. You can definitely Google that. I know I've talked about that on the podcast before on that spirit guides episode. Automatic writing is a great way to communicate as well. But have I asked my spirit guides their names? Yes. And you can also do the same. And then our last question was, what has been my wildest experience as a shaman? Which this is such a great question to end on. I've seen so many things happen in sessions. I have wildly crazy, amazing, unbelievable stories about clients seeing seeing me for a session and then the things that have happened after. And these are things that I never would have believed possible until stepping into these work into this work. But I wanted to share when I was thinking about this question, I decided to share something that's actually happened to me, to me personally, something I experienced as the result of shamanic work. And we are going to take it back to shaman school. Again, I'm talking about shaman school. And I cannot remember. No, I can remember what weekend this was. I have to just put together. I think this was the fourth, third or fourth weekend of shaman school. I guess I can't remember the exact. The timeline feels really circular. During the third or fourth weekend of shaman school, we had done so many different activities. Everything that I've learned as a shaman to in, in how to work with clients, all the modalities I've learned, I've experienced personally. And so we did a bunch of work one weekend. And I believe it was Saturday. We did a, we had a long day at shaman school doing all these different practices. When I went to shaman school, I am not kidding. We would be there from like 8.30 in the morning till 10 o'clock at night often times during the weekends we were there. And so one morning I woke up. So Sunday morning after a full Saturday of shamanic activities. And I looked in the mirror and I barely recognized my face. I, I did, but I just had such a different glow. My eyes looked different. My features seemed to be in different places. I still looked like Paige, but I really didn't recognize who was in the mirror. And it's common. Face shifting <laughs> is something that happens. So I didn't anticipate that through doing this work, my face would morph and change. You can, I mean, I, this we all know that this happens over time, but it feels like I've had so many shifts and changes in in my face, in, in my body since going to shaman school. You can look through old pictures of me and just see how much this work has shifted physical appearance for me personally. But waking up the next morning and literally thinking like, whoa, I have never seen my face look like this was absolutely wild. 
was absolutely wild. So face morphing, absolutely a thing. As I've gone deeper into this work, into studying channeling, studying studying mediumship, studying shamanism, the physical world is really way more malleable and way less static than we think. So things that you think, oh, that would never shift or change. That is the way it is. I've had several experiences to say otherwise. And this me, this, and this may be one of these moments on the podcast where I challenge you to allow for your regular state of perception to shift, to widen, to open because these are experiences I've had and these are experiences my mentors have had and these are my experiences that the amazing humans who sat with me through shaman school have had. As I develop my practice specifically over the past year or so, I have been nine about over nine months, I have been developing my practice in scythe and in being a vulva. And there's a lot of concentration on mediumship abilities. And when I do this work, when I'm in my scythe practice, I do this work with a covered or a veiled face because of the potential of shifting, of face changing and morphing and shifting. And it's considered traditional regalia for that reason, for this work to wear, to be veiled to have the face covered. There's a lot more kind of lore and story behind that. But to come back to the question, yeah, the wildest thing I've I've personally experienced as a shaman is my own face changing simply overnight and seeing myself in a brand new way and really learning to challenge what we perceive, to challenge what we perceive to be here in this reality. And I wanted to bring up this this experience because the last time I went floating, which is I go float in a, a salt bath in a, in a float tank. It's incredible. I feel like I talked about it probably on a previous episode. That's how much I love doing it. I had a float recently where I got out and, and could have sworn and really do feel like my eyes shifted And I was looking into totally different, more open eyes that had just had a brand new experience. So allowing yourself these moments for life, the universe, energy to surprise you. I feel like that's a good summary of my wildest experience as a shaman without, without spilling the beans on a bunch of client stories because I've definitely had some absolutely amazing, stunning, beyond again, beyond my wildest belief sessions. So we made it to the end of this episode. I want to say thank you again to those of you who submitted questions. You can definitely submit questions to me for a future episode. You can always email me. Every week I send out a newsletter reminding you about the podcast. So we'll make sure that there's a link somewhere for you to sign up for newsletters where you can always reply and ask your questions again on Instagram, in the Feed Your Intuition Facebook community. 
I hope you had as much fun moving through all these things as I did. And if you absolutely love the content in this episode, and if you feel so inclined, I would love if you left a five-star rating and review. I would be just so incredibly grateful. Or as always, you can screenshot, share your takeaways on your Instagram stories, tag me at its page Kane, tag feed.yourintuition, share, let people know what you learned, share the podcast. That's how we have these bigger and bigger conversations and have all these amazing questions and things come up. With that, I will see you inside of our next episode. Okay, bye.